have a growing media team. And so he really laid this out for us. Um, the different ways that God will allow us to overcome this, this year. Um, he's helping us to let go of our past, to envision God's destiny for ourselves, to embrace and know our responsibility, to have a goal and a strategy, and to stay focused on what's important. And so we saw that in the subsequent preachings that came the following Sundays. That same Sunday, my friend and the reason why I'm up here, Jennifer Eliezer, um, really uh, spoke to us and told us her story and allowed us to see how God showed her a vision of herself, right, uh, through the story of Hannah and how she was able to start to let go of her past and start to understand how things were falling into place because, because God had done that for her. And so I'm grateful for her and that she shared that. But in the following week, he did another sermon called, you know, Preparing for God's Next. And there he gave us what I want to say is a goal or, is, or a strategy and to what to stay important. He said to make God a priority in our fast. We really had to make God important. And you heard the testimonies. Somebody said, I got up at four at prayer, before the prayer line. Oh, this Lord. Um, <laughs> so that's early, but that's what you need. When you're seeking after God, that's really what you need, to make him the priority, to make him important. And we saw when you did make him important by laying down your food and taking up time with him, the miraculous things, right? Astrid said that she was so spiritually fed that the reality had to bend towards that. And so that is powerful. And so... After that, he preached, like, putting feet to your faith. And so, you know, that faith and trust in God is enough to, is to is, you have to do something, right? So that's another strategy. You have to be obedient. Whether it's a small step or a big step, be obedient. So different ways we overcome. And then Chandler, Pastor Chandler and Pastor China came through last week and just gave us an impactful word about God's sovereign grace, right? And I really think that was about staying focused on what was important, and he gave us some strategies on how to do it. So all year, you're going to see how these things unfold to help you overcome. And so we see it in our worship, right? If you go to my next slide, I think the Lord, I just want to sum up what the Lord has been saying to us so that as we're moving forward, that you don't miss it, right? We've overcome with praise. We've seen our worship kind of like explode with joy, which is like amazing. And if you go to my next slide, it says that let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. If you're going to overcome, that kind of praise is going to have to maintain all year because you know and you're trusting God to do it for you, right? So, wow, we're overcoming with praise, right? The next slide, it says that we're overcoming by our testimony. And you saw that today, right? Revelation 12, 11, if you go to my next slide, it says... We overcome, right, by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did on the cross. But we over, also overcome by the power of our testimony. See, my, my roommate, Lauren, she loves that scripture because you've got to say what God is doing in your life so you can continue to overcome, right, to continue to persevere. That's what you got to do. And so we saw the stories of people being restored. When, they, when you share that story, you, you don't just get free. You stay free. And so that's power, right? And so we heard today, it's not in my slide, but we're also overcoming with prayer. I heard you, Megan. I was listening. We're overcoming with prayer. So we have a bunch of strategies that God is giving us to overcome and to keep overcoming, right? And so if you go to my next slide, I think what Chandler really did last week, uh, Pastor Chandler did really well last week, is that he brought us to an understanding, and Pastor China told us about the love of God, and that we had to work out that love muscle. And we could do that because of how much God loves us, that we can receive who we are and receive all of who we are, our past, our failures, our successes, our limitations, um, because of what God has done and how he's received us. And so, um, but we really overcome with repentance and forgiveness. The freedom we found at the end of that service was because we repented and we forgave people, right? And so 
that's how we're working out. So today, now that we've kind of caught you up, if you haven't been here, welcome. Um, uh, now you have some ways to overcome in your life. Um, today I want to move us forward with a new normal and I want to help us to overcome with community. Amen. And so um, the title of my talk is called Love Walks. And it's a new normal. I think in a fast, God prepares you, he consecrates you, not to go back to the old thing, but to have a new normal, a new baseline, so that you can take all the good things. You saw that making him was a priority, put a change to your life. You saw that um, reading your word more, switch your life. You saw increasing in prayer. All right, make that the new baseline. Make that your new normal, right? And so that's where we're moving. That's how we're moving forward. And so before we get really into the word and read the scripture, uh, I want us to pray. So I'm going to give you guys one minute because prayers don't have to be long to be powerful. Um, And so (laughs) I want you to turn to your neighbor, two to three people, and all I want you to do is ask their name. Please be polite. Uh, Ask their name and ask what God is doing in their hearts and if you can pray for that. And then I'll bring us together and pray. So you got 30 seconds. (laughs) Okay, y'all got real good. Y'all didn't have y'all welcome time. (laughs) All right, we're coming back together. We're coming back together. Um, And so, okay, y'all can talk after service. Um, And so, let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the good work that you are doing in in our hearts, in my heart. We pray, Father, that through this lesson today and through all the things that you've shown us through the sermon, Uh, through service, that you will continue our growth. I pray now that you would hide me behind the cross and that the words would come from your heart through my lips to the heart of your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, our scripture for today is from Hebrews 10, 23, and I'm going to read it in two versions. First is going to be the Amplified, and the second is the Message, because it really captures, I think, where we're moving to. And so it says, Let us approach God with a true and sincere heart in unqualified assurance of faith, having had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to good deeds. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. So next is coming the uh, message version, and I'd like us to read us together. So three, two, one. So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out, 
Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keeps us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. And so that's really going to be the focus of my talk today. I want to think about inventive ways that we can encourage each other to love and to helping out. And so uh, I really have to start this talk with a lie. So when I prepared for this word, I said, okay, um, two weeks ago, Jennifer um, came to us. And as a result, your pastors asked me to talk about, uh, our pastors <laughs> asked, us, asked me to talk about community. And I said, okay, Lord, you know, what should I say? Um, and first he says, you have to confront a lie, Darlene. I said, oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and so uh, he told me the lie I had believed was that to grow up meant I had to be independent. Um, so tap your neighbor and say, that's a lie. That's a lie, that's good. And so I said, Father, what's the truth? He says, uh, you need to get some friends around you to help you to see this truth. I said, okay, wait a minute now. I gotta tell on myself and I gotta tell what I'm going through? He said, yes. And what I came out of that after I got some friends around me to help me work through this lie, the truth became that to grow up means to walk well with responsibility. But the real truth is that to grow up means to be dependent on God and dependent on people. So turn to your other neighbor and say, grow up. Turn to the one behind you and say, come on, grow up. <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord. And it's once I was able to kind of admit that lie uh, that this word came to me. And so um, what I'm really going to talk to you about is this new normal of lawful walking and how God used community in various aspects of my life to grow me up. Um, because you see the nice, broken, caring Darlene, but what I really started out with, selfish, proud to myself, and God through community really grew me into the person you see today and is continuing to grow me to the person you see today. So I'm going to give you um, what you need and, and the counterfeits and the ingredients and I'm going to let you go. And so pray intercessors because I don't want to be long. So, <laughs> so if you look on my first slide, it says the definition of community is a group of people leaving, living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. So it's not really deep, actually. It's just people who believe the same thing or are around the same place. And so I was like, God, well, do I want to speak about community or do I want to speak about the difference when that community is intentional with you? And so what I came up with is that you're, we're not just a community. We do believe in Jesus, and that's what makes us people bound together. But what we really need to grow and go forward and to live this new normal is we need intentional friendships. Because what God really grew me through was intentional friendships. So. Uh, intentional friendships, I'm going to give you all my points and then I'm going to go and I'm going to show you uh, how God did it in my life. Because uh, what the scripture that we read um, was the book of Hebrews. Uh, Christians were trying to go back to rituals that they did to kind of make their way back to God. And the writer of uh, Hebrews is saying, Jesus paid it all. We saw that. We remembered that today, right? Jesus paid it all. And so you don't have to do things to try to gain favor with God. What you have to do is receive the goodness that God has for you. Make sure that it gives you your identity, right? That it's whole, that you believe it, that you hold on to his promises. But then from that place, from that place, you can love others well. And so, um, and so because of that, 
Um, I didn't really catch that until kind of later on in my life. So God kind of had to take me to th through three stages. First, I found that intentional friendships, they care for you. And so they really show you the compassionate goodness of Christ. Now, the counterfeits of those are people who are just close to you. And so I want to start to tell you what intentional friendships are and those counterfeits so that you can begin to reflect on your life and see what do I need to really grow in Christ and to grow in love and walk in community. And so the friendships that care about me, I went to Carnegie Mellon back in 2011, uh, or 2009. But in 2011, kind of my life crashed to the ground. I went home for spring break. And I came home to three people in my life who had died, and um, one who was a family friend that had died. Now, I couldn't go um, to the funeral of the other three, but I did have to um, go back to school. And so I went to the family friend's funeral, and I grieved a little bit. And what happened, actually, was that I hadn't really grieved the death of some friends that happened, that happened three years prior. A friend of mine in high school committed suicide, and he died, and then in that same week, a cousin of mine died. So I went back to school, and I was a shell of myself. I was on the brink of depression. I can get out of bed. It was really difficult. And I made the intention the year before, two years before, to live with Christian women. And so those Christian women uh, were actually trying to live out their faith. And so when I came back, I told them what happened. I was vulnerable. And I just said, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be myself. And they said, that's cool. That's fine. And I became a shell of myself. I couldn't get out of bed, couldn't eat, couldn't go to class. And these women coaxed me out of bed. They loved on me. They gave me food. And I really saw the compassionate care of Christ through these women. And when they didn't know what to do, because I'd been in this space for too long, they said, Darlene, uh, who can we call that can help you hear God? Who can we call that can help you understand that like you don't have to stay in this place? And they called a friend of mine from home, and that really started to move me forward. And I think, honestly, without that experience, I would not have understood uh, the compassionate care of Christ. Because you can read about it in the Bible, and you can uh, think about it and praise about it, but when you have someone visiting you, when you're on your sickbed, when you have someone come into your rescue like that, then you see the, the experience of Christ. And so it's the Jesus in you that people need, not just the Jesus in the book. And so I think today, as I talk about you know, I use Hebrews, but I'm going to be the living epistle to you today. And I'm really going to share my story to help you see that it's the Jesus in you people need to continue their walk in Christ. And so, so that's my first point. You, you really do need intentional friendships to develop you. And so I'm wearing the hoodie of one of my friends. Shout out to her. Donate to her charity. It says Love Walks. And um, it was that experience of compassionate care um, that really helped me to break, break my heart open a little bit. And so the counterfeit of that, though, is, uh, uh, go back, the counterfeit of that is actually people who are in close proximity to you. Now, I lived with these women. They were my roommates. We were dope. You know, we party. We'd, like, have crazy conversations. It'd be all gravy. But I had roommates where we just lived in the same space. And so how do you move forward from that, right? You go from just living with a person or just hanging out. You know, you have your work friends, but you don't tell them everything. And so you're like, okay, well, how do I move forward? Well, one, be intentional about what you talk about. And kind of what kept us our commonality was not just our questions about Christ and religion, but what he was doing in us. And so that sent a good groundwork for us to move forward. And so that's how you go 
from intentional friendships, you move from the counterfeit of people who are just in close proximity to you um, to intentional friendships. And that happens at church, right? Sometimes people walk in looking like what they've been through. And well, it's the truth. And so instead of be like, okay, I'm gonna pray for you because <laughs> bless you. Um, sometimes it takes a moment, it takes a second to engage and go, hey, can I pray with you? Because I ain't going to remember when I leave, but right now, can I be the Jesus for, with you, for you? And so, um, so yeah, so that's my first part of how to start to walk your love out. So my next point is really that intentional friendships, they develop you. And so the counterfeit to this is uh, friendships or people that have history with you. Now, you need all types, but if you want to develop you, if you want to develop and grow in Christ, you're going to need people. Um, you're going to need people who have the same goal as you, and that same goal should be growing in Christ. And so I got to the end. I kind of grew, and I bounced back from my depression. And um, in 2013, I was about to graduate school, uh, and God had already been breaking me. He had been trying to get me to trust Him. I grew up in church. But growing up in church and knowing the word of God and living it out is a very different experience. And so you have to grow into knowing who you are and walking that out. So me, at the end of college, I was like, I'm free, got my chem degree, let's go. And I went to grad school. But I went to grad school in Eugene, Oregon, which is very different. I'm from the Boogie Down Bronx. And um, <laughs> that's different. It's different. Um, not better or worse, just different. And so. <laughs> And so um, I'd been in predominantly white spaces before. That's no issue. But as a black person, to have to explain who you are becomes tiring. And so I was a happy, I was a proud loner. I was like, all right, God, I'm already an introvert. I know I have fun by myself. Um, and so I'm going to make it through grad school. I'll just hunker down for a year, and I'll be fine. Uh, but as an introvert, um, while I enjoy being alone, when it becomes suffocating and lonely, that's when I really, God had to show me my limitations. And so whatever your personality is, you have limitations. And God gives you that so you would need community. That's the, that's the reason why you have those. If you could do battle by yourself, you'd be God. So <laughs> he creates you with limitations so that you would really need community. And so every time you're kind of feeling like, oh, I need somebody, that's, that's God, his image bearer in you saying, reach out to people. You need people. And so I, I went to grad school, and um, because I was selfish, because I was proud, because I wasn't going to contact, contact anyone, um, a friend of mine just happened to get married. And he streamed his wedding because a lot of his friends were on the East Coast, and he was on the West Coast. And his marriage was brought together by God. He had a phenomenal story. Um, but it was through the chat on the side that I reconnected with some women from college. And uh, in reconnecting, it was just very serendipitous. The Lord had to just give me a good option because I wasn't going to reach out for help for myself. So I want to save you that and tell you to please reach out when you need. Um, but through that chat, I reconnected with these women. And we had shared history, right? Uh, we'd known each other for four years up to this point. We went to church together. We talked about God a little bit. We ate food together. It wasn't anything crazy, but we recognized that we missed a community of people that, to talk about what Jesus was doing in us. And so we didn't do anything crazy twice a week. I mean, every two weeks, we said we would pray together. Every two weeks, so one week on, one week off. So we, we really connected with a spiritual different uh, discipline together. So that was the intention, right? We're talking about intentional friendship. So we said we'll be intentional about one spiritual practice and growing in Christ. 
And so what happened is we began to notice that the weeks when we prayed was real different from the weeks that we didn't pray. And we understood that, okay, we think that when we have prayer holding us, guarding us, like Megan says, growing us, being a guard against the life that we're living, that uh, just life is better. So we upped it to once a week. And so I started out in that chat still proud, still vulnerable. I was the rev of the chat because I had a lot of biblical knowledge, but um, I wasn't really transparent. And God used that group chat, uh, and it took three years, but he used that group chat to move me from a person who had biblical knowledge and was smart about what, what God said, and they turned me into a transparent friend. And so you can't really grow in Christ without community because you need people to catch your blind spots and you need people to um, pray for you when you can't and you need people to bring you to the Father when you can't. There were weeks I was in that chat, I was like, the Lord's off right now. I don't know, he's jacking it up. But, but we would take turns praying for each other and it was that vulnerability and being like, I'm great, I'm sad, I'm not great, I don't even wanna pray, I can't pray, will you pray for me? That really helped us. Now, the counterfeits, again, don't have that intentional engagement about talking about what God's doing in me. And this happens with families a lot, right? Like, um, you have history with them. Oh, I grew up with her, that's my childhood friend. Um, but if you aren't careful and switch the lens for what you're talking about, you can miss an opportunity to really develop and grow in Christ. And so I wanna just help you to pay attention to that. Um, as we grow in community, as we're moving on, as you're overcoming, you're gonna need people who engage with you on that level. They don't just hear what you're venting about, they don't just hear your gossip, but afterwards they point you to the Father. Because that's all good. You guys, you need somebody to vent to, the world is crazy, you're crazy, and so you need people to help you uh, process that, but you wanna bring them to the Father. So my last point is really uh, that intentional friendships propel you to purpose. And so that's what I experienced here in Boston. Um, I have two really awesome friends, and I said, okay, God, you turned me into a transparent friend from a just like self-righteous, proud, prideful loner, uh, but I need that experience here because we were all over the country. I think I was in Oregon, a friend of mine was in Maryland, and at one point, our third friend was in Qatar, which is like across the world. And so I said, God, I need that in Boston. Will you help me uh, find women? And it actually started just out of fun. We started hanging out with each other. We'd go to bowling alleys or go to lounges and just have a good time. But we recognized that it was an easy flow from having fun to talking about Jesus and what he was doing in us. And so in that relationship, um, at some point we all recognized, hey, we prayed for this. We prayed for God to bring us intentional friends where we would have uh, uh, the ability to grow and practice our faith. And so it was cool, we hung out. And as we hung out, we kind of got intentional about confession and repentance and forgiveness. Um, it didn't really start with each other at first, but it was about other people. It's like, all right, I'm gonna confess. Last night, da 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 da. <laughs> and so from that though, we had other people to be like, okay, but God still loves you, right? And so I didn't have to wait till Sunday to remember that God loves me. I didn't get stuck in my own mind loop of like, oh, God, I'm too guilty. This is not gonna happen, like I can't do this. Um, but but in, the, in that circle of women, we were able to practice this over and over again so that we could see the gospel kind of come alive in our lives. And so through that, 
Um, you know these women. One is Prophet Lauren Ansong, and the other is prophetic intercessor Jennifer Eliezer. We saw our gifts grow. Because we were consistent in the confession, the repentance, sharing what God was doing and growing, um, we saw our gifts grow. And what ended up happening is as we saw our gifts grow, we were like, oh, you, you prayed for that, and it came true. You might hear from the Lord. And that's encouraging, right? <laughs> that's really encouraging. It's just like, oh, I can hype you up. You know, you do film or you do this, and people are blessed. I want to remind you of that so that when you fall, when you inevitably mess up, you have people going, wow, God still loves you, and you're still gifted, and you're still called to do whatever he's asking you to do. And so I want you to pay attention and pray. The biggest thing is just to pray for those friendships. Um, the counterfeits is having a shared interest or task. And uh-oh, this is church. Sorry to tell you. Because our shared interest is Jesus. It's the best shared interest you can have, honestly. Um, but if you're talking more about God instead of what he's doing in you, uh, you will miss it. And you'll miss the gospel, and you'll miss the power and the strength that comes with this gospel. And so I don't want you to miss it. And so <laughs> I really, really, really don't want you to miss it. And so as I, as I close, I don't want to be before you too, too long. I want to give you um, some key ingredients. Well, first, I want to show you two things uh, before we go to the ingredients. Go back. Because um, this can look different. We're all different ages. We're all different ranges. But I want to just show you an example. If I can have my volunteers come up. Stanley, where's Stanley? I need my young people. Uh, Jonathan, where you're at? Because um, I want to show you a picture of what this looks like. Let me cover up. Sorry. Yes, okay, come on up. Okay, that's fine. Let me hide this a little bit. So, this is what it looks like. And this is why you need intentional friendships. Often, God is telling you to do impossible things. You guys can stand in the aisles, maybe the back rows can see you, right? And so, God is calling you to do impossible things. He's like, Darlene, get the liquid to the top. And I'm like, my brother, you created gravity. That's not how that go. Um, <laughs> what you asking me to do? This is, this is crazy. This is impossible. He's like, and before God can finish his, his instructions, I'm like, I've heard something crazy from Jesus. I don't even know if I should do it, guys. What do you say? And I would have good friends that say, okay, so what did he say? How did, how did he say to do it? And I'd be like, huh? I forget to stay long enough with the Lord to hear how he's telling me to do what he's asking me to do. But because I have intentional friends, they said, go back to Jesus. I said, okay, Lord, um, you're calling me to do something impossible. How do you want me to do it? He goes, hold it in your hand. I go, hold it in my hand? Mm-mm, that's crazy. Mm. And a little bit gets through, right? And he's like, you're working really hard, darling. I just need you to hold it in your hand. I'm like, Jesus, you know how gravity works. That's not natural. But he says, hold it in your hand. And my friends will come back and say, darling, what did God say to do? Hold it in my hand. So hold it in your hand. And they'll pray me through it, and they'll remind me, and they'll encourage me. And once you hold it in your hand, you're like, see, God, I knew. Go ahead, hold it in your hand. See, God, I knew. It's not going to work. I knew it wouldn't work. This is crazy. And as you're waiting to see what God does, he's like, wait. Your friends will go back and say, wait, 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 wait. Come on, wait on the Lord. If he said to do it, he'll come through with his promises. And if he looks at my friends, they're doing what I should be doing. But sometimes it takes a little longer because each of us have a different impossible thing to do. But with God, when you hold on to the promises, when you hold on to the plan, he knows the principles. He knows what he puts inside of you. And that impossible thing is going to be accomplished. But you need friends to help you wait, 
Friends to help you hold on to the promises. That's what Hebrews said, right? Hold tight to the promises. Be fully confident that he's going to do what he's asking you to do. And there it is. There it goes. It may take longer than others, but when you have community and friends to remind you to walk out the principles that God has for you, the impossible becomes possible because you obey the Lord. You didn't have to work harder. You could rest, right? You could obey the Lord. And so that's really what I want you to do. Thank you, guys. Um, that's really a picture of what's happening. God is go- calling you to do great and impossible things. And it's in you. And he has the, impos- the, the plans for you. But you need friends to remind you of your identity that is in Christ. You need friends to remind you to wait on the Lord. You need friends to remind you that your unique thing looks different from other people's unique thing, but it's still your thing to do. And so all these principles you need, but you need friends to remind you because alone the enemy will get in your head. So as we close, I want to give you 10 ingredients and say ingredients, ingredients. not steps. Not ingredients, ingredients, not steps. Not Thank you, because I know you New England people, you're smart, and you like the how. So these are just pieces of what you may need to pay attention to as you're growing in Christ. It may look different, and you may be in different steps, but these are just pieces. So one, you want to pray for intentional friendships. Just The power of prayer is real. Say, go, Lord, bring me friends. And he will, because he's faithful. Two, go have fun, please. Life is hard. Go have fun, enjoy yourselves, and you get to know people when you have fun. Three, uh, keep the main focus the main focus. It's not what Jesus is doing for you or about you. It's the work he's doing in you. And that's going to keep you moving. Before you have to grow in self-awareness. And this is a tricky one because you have to grow, right? And so some things may be stopping you from receiving the goodness of the Lord. When I got to my friends that helped me to propel me to purpose, I had to call them to renounce the lie that I had been believing, right? What God had to tell me was like, because of your previous hurts and pains, past and previous friendships, you can't even accept the goodness that God is presenting to you. It's, a, it's in your face, but because you weren't able to forgive, because you're operating about what people might do, you shun the very good things that God is bringing towards you, and he doesn't want that. So grow in self-awareness, right? And when you grow in self-awareness, you're able to communicate it. You're saying, actually, I'm a little broken, but work with me and we could do something great. Uh, the next one is a vulnerability. And so, it's gotta be high stakes and low stakes, right? Like, you're not gonna tell somebody on the first day the worst thing that happened to you as a kid, but it might be the honest answer to how you're doing. And the honest answer might be like, I'm a, I'm a little hurt today. My boss didn't see the good work I did. Or it's like, I feel uncomfortable. There's new people around and I don't do well with them. So just an honest answer, high stakes and low stakes. Here's the trick. You want to take the initiative. Often we wait for people to be vulnerable with us. I want you to take the initiative. And you'll be surprised at what people will share with you if you just take the initiative. Uh, Six is go have fun. Yes, you forgot it. I got through some heavy stuff and you forgot. So go have fun and rest. You need rest so you can hear God, so you can have friends that hear God and tell you to do what he's asking you to do, go rest. Um, Seven, you need to be a safe space. Two years ago, Bishop gave us a book called Safe People by Robert Townsend, I believe. And that book really helps you to understand um, just kind of how you're affected because of the sins against you, the sins of the world, and the sins you've done. And so you want to be a safe place for people to be safe. For people to be safe. And so um, they need to be able to fully express and have no judgment. And then you need to have wisdom of when to give truth or went to lavish on grace, right? And so you need to be a safe space so people can do that and be that. Eight, 
You need confession, forgiveness, repentance, and to bless. Why is that all one point? Because that's supposed to be a continual thing that you're walking out. That's supposed to be a continual thing. It's not separate. It's all one thing. If you're confessing something, you should be ready to forgive. If you're confessing something, you should be able to forgive. If you're ready to forgive, then you should be able to bless the person, right? If you're ready to bless and forgive, and confession really means to agree with God's perspective, and when you do it, you can actually, repentance becomes a little bit easier, because you're like, all right, but the Lord sees it this way, I'm going to honor this person, even though they still jacked up, I'm going but I ain't much better because God died for me too, right? And so that's all one thing. It should all be happening sequentially. Nine and 10, you wanna help them hear what God says, right? This is gonna be the difference because you need all types of friendship. You need coworkers, you need friends who don't know Jesus, you need friends who do crazy things because you need to go have fun. But the difference with you is that you should be always helping them to hear what God says, even if they don't know who he is yet. He's still speaking, he's still talking, he's still loving on them. So you wanna be the friend that helps them to hear what God says. And 10, you wanna go have more fun. Like, this is heavy stuff, it's work, uh, but God, I really feel like, is a God of joy and laughter and fun, and so go have fun. So if you're paying attention, that's really eight points, but you need the reminders to go have fun. (laughs) You need the reminders to go have fun, you really do. You really do, you really, really, really do. So if you get nothing else from my talk today, what I really hope you receive is that the difference in moving forward is paying attention to what God's doing in you and helping others to see what God is doing in them. And as we grow and as we flourish as a church, that is really gonna make all the difference. So I want to take an honest moment today, um, and I'll move to the side, because I do want to have an altar call, and hopefully we can end in worship and praise. But that was a lot of information, and that was jam-packed. And so I want to take a quiet moment, musicians, if you can go back and just, I want you to reflect, because there may have been some relationships that you're like, this wasn't intentional. This wasn't it. How can I continue to, like, how can this be my new normal? I haven't experienced this for real. So I want to invite those people up so I can pray for you, and so I can pray that God would begin to bring these in your life, because you need at least one or two small sets of intentional friends to sustain you for all the other relationships you need in your life, okay? God has great things to do in you and through you, and you need sustainable way to do it, and he's doing it through community. You're not gonna overcome alone. You're gonna overcome in and with community. So I'm just inviting you up as the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, and you reflect and you say, God, I want these friendships. God, I, I want to grow in you, but I don't have nobody. Or I've been hurt. And I need you to heal my heart because maybe I do have people, but I can't receive them. Um, will you come up so, so that we can pray for you? Um, we don't want you to miss the, the beauty of this fast and how God's consecrated you um, and, and, and go back to normal. We want you to have a new normal where, where you're walking it out. And you're living, you're living it for for Christ. Don't be shy. 
So right now, I want you to just take a moment. We, we've seen the power of forgiveness and repentance. I just want you to, if you have those people in mind that have hurt you, that have turned your eyes and heart against friendship and being vulnerable and safe with someone, um, will you right now choose? Because forgiveness is the acknowledgement of the very real debt owed to you. It's real. Um, but in light of what Christ has done, we choose to forgive. Say, I choose to forgive. So, so right now, just take a moment and say, Father, I bring these people before you. The people who have hurt me, who haven't been good friends to me. And I pray today, I choose today to forgive them. I'm responsible for my heart. So Father, come and make it anew. Make it fresh. Make it want to follow you. I can't do that if I don't forgive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your name. Heavenly Father, I bring your people before you. The people who are... Who are wanting to grow in you, Father but they seem stagnant, they seem at a standstill, life is going crazy. Um, I pray oh, right now that you would um, infect their hearts uh, with the need for community. I pray that right now that you would bring them the right people for them, oh God. They're gonna be the right people who can remind them of who you are, of your identity. Maybe they're just at the care stage where they need someone to compassionately care for them, oh God. Maybe they've grown from that phase and they need to be the compassionate carers. We pray that you would bring people of those kinds. We pray that people, you would bring people around them who want to develop and grow with them. They are seeking after your word together, Father God. Uh, they're not waiting for Sunday, but they're getting into Bible study together. They're getting into prayer together. It doesn't have to be everything, oh God, but just one thing and how you're changing them and what you're doing with them, in them, Father God. We pray that you would meet them there. And maybe, oh God, you have people who are practicing these disciplines and are growing, Father God, but you haven't given them some intentional friends to help propel them to purpose. Oh God, will you bring those friends right now, Father God? Only you can, only you know the people who will help us to break past our limits, the people who will help us to notice our limits, the people who can hear from you and, and, and speak a right now word, Father. It takes practice, but it takes community, Father, so I pray that you would bring those friends to your people, oh God. We're open, oh God, you've healed us, you're continuing to heal us, and we're overcoming in so many areas, oh God. We wanna maintain, we wanna persevere, we wanna grow, and we can only through it intentional friendships. Yes, community, but intentional friendships. So I pray today, oh God, that you would bring those people and that we won't miss them, Father God. Help us to grow in self-awareness, help us to grow in vulnerability, but most importantly, help us to be excited about what you are doing in us, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your hope. Hallelujah to your name. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. Will you worship the Lord and thank him? Hallelujah.
As the Lord brings people to your minds, don't reject it. Go home and ask the Lord more. God, is this a person I forgive? Is this a person on my team? And as he brings them to you, go back and ask him for more. And take the first step. Yeah? Take the first step. So I bless you. I bless you to be at peace with your past, and I bless you to move forward in power because you know the power of community and praise and prayer. And so thank you. Thank you for being honest and coming to the altar and letting the door do the work. Trust him, and he will do the work. So we trust you, God. We trust you, God. Amen. Amen.